How many were beginning to wonder if Colton's dirt bike was just uh, going to hang out in the background the whole series? <laughs> a few weeks ago, I went for a dirt bike ride with my cousin and my brother-in-law. And my cousin's got a few larger Hondas. He's got a 500 and a 250R, which the more, we'll say, experienced riders took, while yours truly followed behind on one of these, a little Yamaha TTR125. And, and it's actually a pretty great little bike other than... It was made for, I think, a 12 or 13-year-old. So my big old man body, like, bottomed out the shocks every time went over a jump, you know, got lower back issues now. But the other thing is it's got a much smaller, less powerful engine than the bigger bikes, which I really noticed on some of these steep inclines in these hills, right, where I'd have to get a running start, lots of momentum to try to make it up to the top. Well, we ran around the mountains of South Tucson for several hours exploring new trails and having a blast. And... Remember, there was one particularly, I don't know if treacherous is the right word, maybe technical trail. It was a steep downhill, lots of sand, lots of loose rock. And I remember after sliding our way down thinking, oh, man, I hope we don't have to come back up this. Took a sharp turn, came to a dead end, which point I came to the realization, we're going to have to go back up that. For the big bikes, it wasn't too big a deal because they had enough power to work their way up to the top, right? And they sat up there and waited to see what I was going to do. <laughs> and as I sat here on this little bike looking at this big hill ahead, I was like looking for another way out. There's got to be some other way out of this situation, right? But there was a rock face on one side of the trail and a drop on the other, at which point I realized the only way out is through. I eventually did make it up the hill. I may or may not have stalled the bike about halfway up and had to restart it on the hill, walking next to it, pumping the gas, kicking rocks everywhere, if you know what I mean. But the point of that story is, sometimes in life we find ourselves in situations where the only way out of it is through it. As Pastor Kurt just mentioned, one year ago today, Michelle and I were married, but that wasn't originally the plan. We had planned for a summer wedding. We were going to be married on the 4th of July in Chicago, and America's big day was going to be our big day, and I'd never have to worry about forgetting our anniversary date. And months and months of planning and preparation had led up to it, booking, buying a fancy dress, booking venues and photographers and Airbnbs and flights and all the things that go into making a dream destination wedding a reality. And then COVID. And then Michelle found out that she, her job was drying up. She was no longer going to have employment. And then she found out she was no longer going to have a place to live. And seemingly overnight, these months and months of preparation seemed to dry up, fall apart. And so one year ago, today, Sunday, March 29th, 2020, as we prepared for our morning live stream, Pastor Kurt, Allie, myself, Michelle, Stuart, Abby were here. We came in through this back door. The lobby remained dark. The, the doors locked with signs posted, campus is currently closed. We're meeting online only. I remember that morning we sang hallelujah. We sang the blessing. We sang broken vessels. And then Pastor Kurt began his routine of practicing his stretches or lunges while the announcement video played. And then he stood up here and he preached to this smiley face taped to the bottom of that camera sitting right here in the front row. Does everybody do that on their wedding morning? 
When the live stream ended, we made our way to that green area between the gym and the uh, kids' building, and we exchanged our vows. No fancy dress, no party, no food, no daddy walking her down the aisle. And yet, for both of us, I think for the rest of our lives, 2020 will always be marked by joy. A few weeks and a few pregnancy tests later, we found out, surprise, you're pregnant. Evidently, when you replan a wedding with 13 hours notice, it doesn't give full time to work out all of the details if you catch my drift. And so, on January 12, 2021, at 4 a.m. on the dot, my lifelong dream of becoming a dad became a reality. <laughs> we welcomed little Wyatt into the world and into our hearts. And for whatever disruptions and challenges the last 12 months have, have held for us, they will forever be marked by joy. Now, if I were to guess, probably most of us in this room and watching online, the last 12 months have held some level of disruption. Maybe for some, it hasn't been as severe as others for us. I think it was approximately 100% disruption, give or take. Um, you know, and maybe for you, like us, the last 12 months are marked by joy, or maybe they're marked by loss of a loved one, of a job, of a relationship. Maybe they're marked by loneliness, racial tension, political unrest, how many times last year did you hear someone say, maybe yourself, something to the extent of, man, I'm just ready for 2020 to be done, ready for it to be over so we can move on with our lives, right? As though we could somehow be magically transported out of our current situation. The problem is we can't because the only way to is through. One more story and then I promise I'll be quiet and move on with things. Um, this week, I was locked in our laundry room by a robot vacuum cleaner. <laughs> True story, rise of the machines, Skynet, what have you, right? Um, her name is Alita. Those of you who own a robot vacuum cleaner know the importance of giving them a good name. And she is our little battle angel, but she also has a mind of her own. And I'd gone into the laundry room to look for something, and I heard her kind of whizzing in the hall behind me. Didn't think much about it until, apparently, she bumped the bottom of a card table that was propped up on the wall against, across from the laundry room door, causing the top to teeter forward, closing, and then barricading the laundry room door closed. And I kid you not, I could not force the door open. To make matters better, obviously I did not have my phone with me. So I was purely at the mercy of whoever was within shouting range, right? And so I cried out, Michelle, Michelle, come save me from our psycho robot. <laughs> if you don't believe me, I have proof. <laughs> what you gonna do? The point of that story is, I found myself trapped in a situation not of my own creation that I was absolutely incapable of saving myself from. Does that sound familiar? 
Because for centuries, the people of God found themselves in a similar situation. For centuries, they had waited for a savior, someone who would come and and rescue them out of their oppression, someone who would turn swords into plowshares and would set up a new type of kingdom on earth. And then Jesus. And I wonder if they thought, finally, Finally, our Savior has come. Finally, Rome is going to be overthrown, and this new kingdom is going to be set up. And by the way, in this new type of kingdom, no one's ever going to go hungry. In this new type of kingdom, the the poor will never be oppressed. In this new type of kingdom, justice will reign everywhere. Their way out had finally come, or so they thought. And then two days later, they yelled, crucify him. Matthew chapter 21. Uh, This is the story of Palm Sunday, and we pick up in verse 6. It says, The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed him. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. That word Hosanna, as we said earlier today, translates to save us. And I believe them, like me, stuck in the laundry room, were crying out, Jesus, Jesus, save us. But it wasn't as they thought. See, they were looking for a way out of their suffering and they didn't realize that it wasn't going to be through a political takeover. It wasn't going to be through military force. No, ultimately the only way out of their suffering was going to be through the cross. And so was ours. Let me ask you a question this morning, church. Do you feel anxious or afraid this morning because he died for that. You feel lonely because he died for that too. Are you hurting inside? The only way out is through. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two, we've read every week the series, and it says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Where was the joy for Jesus? It was on the other side of the cross and the only way to was through. And through this series of advance. Pastor Kurt has talked about the things that we often carry with us, the things that sometimes we have to begin to make decisions to, to let, to leave behind. And it's not just Oreos and Dr. Pepper. And did you ever consider the fact that Jesus came to a point in even his life where he had to decide what some things were going to have to be left behind in order to pursue the call that God had placed on his life? And I imagine, I just imagine him thinking, you know, Where I'm going, I don't have room for fear. Because where I'm going, I don't have room for for comfort, 
for my routines, where I'm going, I don't even have room for that many relationships. In fact, where I'm going, I only have room for one thing, and that's this cross right here, because the only way out for you is through this cross. The only way out of your pain is through this cross. The only way out of your shame is through this cross. The only way out of your sin is through this cross. So I'm going to carry this cross until it carries me. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that God should give His only Son to make a wretch His treasure. And so today, we join with churches around the world in celebrating Palm Sunday and the transition into the heavy, weighty events of Holy Week. And so as we pivot now toward the cross, I wonder if you might watch this video.